Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I'm your host, David Huffell. Today, we are going to talk about what makes a good sales process. We're going to get deep into it. We're going to talk about how you should think about this, whether you want to create a new sales process or you just want to improve the one you're currently using, what makes a good sales process. So we're going to talk about some examples and I'm going to give you some very specific things that you can use to improve or create a sales process. But before I do, let's talk about the foundation real quickly. This is something we talk about on a regular basis, so I'll do it briefly. And that is the foundation of a good sales process is what? If you're an avid listener, of this podcast, you know the answer. It's focusing on the buying process. That's right, because what makes a sales process effective? The closer it is aligned with how our brains form a buying decision, the more effective it'll be. And the further away it is from how our brains form a buying decision, the less effective it'll be. And this allows me to go into any organization I've ever worked with and look at their sales process, how they're selling, and say, is this effective or not? Because we have that standard of how our brains work. And don't kid yourself. Many people will say, well, we don't really have a a formal sales process here. You do as an individual. Your sales process is the methodology, the steps, the process you use when selling. And every salesperson always falls into predictable patterns. In other words, once you've been doing the job for even a short period of time, you'll traditionally do one thing and then another thing. The order of those things are the steps of your sale, which is your sales process. So even if your company hasn't formally defined a sales process, which is a mistake, uh, but even if they haven't done that yet, they leave you on your own to do whatever you want, you have a sales process. It's probably just unique to you and other colleagues of yours will also have their own sales process. All that is very problematic. On a side note, you want to standardize a sales process. It allows for deep collaboration and you can build and improve and test things out when you want to innovate. So you want to have that. But let's get back to a good sales process. So we want to focus on buying That is the key, mirror the buying process. Now, let's get into the weeds and talk about a sales process. What would that look like? This example is something I ran into back, I think it was boy, back in like 2017. It sticks out in my mind, though. I remember this company, and they wanted to make sure that the sales process that this team had put together, the people I was talking to, the buying unit, that my training wouldn't conflict with it. And I said, okay, well, what is it? Then they showed me their sales process, and it was something like discover, present, recommend, confirm. That was their sales process. And they told me it with such pride. They were so excited, thinking I'd be like, wow, can I put this in my next book? And I asked for some specifics on, well, how do you discover? How do you present? How do you recommend? How do you confirm? And they really hadn't defined it, but they were very proud of those four steps. And and they said, will what you offer, will it conflict with that? And I said, no, I don't think what anyone offers would conflict with that because those are so generic. 
I mean, yes, you want to discover what matters to the client. You want to present what you can offer. You want to recommend the right solution for them. And then you want to confirm. So is that a good sales process? No, that's a horrible one. You could interpret that in so many different ways. In other words, if you give this to 10 salespeople and say, sell this way with these four steps, they go, okay. And they would all 10 do different things. High level, are they going through those steps? Yes, but there's so many ways to go through each step. That is not an effective sales process. And a lot of sales processes are overly generic like that. And people often put a lot of time into creating them and they're so proud of them, but they don't really matter. Why? Because they're up for so much interpretation. So you want to have a more descriptive sales process. So how can you improve your process? Because the, depending on the type of sale you're involved in, it's going to dictate how you execute the process. So let me give you some principles that you can follow, whether you're creating a sales process or you're improving one. Now, I will say creating a sales process is very complex. I'm going to give you some principles, but to do that right is not easy. It is challenging to do. So I would encourage you if you are, for example, a startup or a younger company, you haven't formalized the sales process yet, you want to get some help on this because correcting mistakes is very expensive later on, especially if you're a younger company or you don't have a formal sales process. Setting it up right from the get-go will make you a lot of money and save you a lot of heartache. So all that being said, what are some principles you can use to begin to create or improve a sales process. Number one, the six whys. Those six whys really help us understand how a buying decision is created. And they are in both of my books, The Science of Selling and Sell More with Science. And for those of you who are on our virtual sales training platform, you can learn about the six whys there. We have a whole course on it. Real quickly, what they are, why change, why now, why your industry solution, why you and your company, why your product or service, or why spend the money. These six whys describe how a buying decision occurs because they represent the mental steps our brains go through when forming a buying decision. And I have had so many examples of people who have learned the six whys, taken them and applied them to their sales process, or used them to create the framework for a highly effective sales process by asking themselves, are we addressing these six questions and getting commitment to it in our sales process? If you're not, that's always a problem. If you are and you execute it well and you're able to get commitments, that's always a good sales process. It has a good framework. You can build on that. In addition to the six whys, what else can you do? You want to focus on things we call heuristics. Now, what are heuristics? I talk about these in the science of selling and, of course, in our virtual sales training in detail in all of our training, these are the mental steps or shortcuts our brains use when forming judgments. A great example of this is like single option aversion. When you present only one option in a choice set, our brain assign a higher level of risk to that decision and we're less likely to make it. So you can increase sales by adding a second option to the choice set, let people compare them and select the one that's best for them. So there's a number of these heuristics. That's just one. There are many of them that when you put them into your sales process, influence goes up, buying behaviors increase. So you can sprinkle those heuristics into your sales process. 
that always increase sales. I mean, some studies, just in that one I just shared, single option aversion, a number of scientific studies have found in a sales context, when you apply single option aversion, you can double, triple, or quadruple sales. So leveraging these heuristics, when anytime I work on a sales process or even do a sales training, customize all the content, and I call their attention, those I'm training, to the heuristics that are most applicable to them, and we help them apply them. Very, very powerful. In addition to that, primary buying motivators. What are these? Again, talk about it in the science of selling and in our virtual learning and all of our training. These are things like understanding your prospect's problem, identify it, what's the scope of it, the cause, the pain it's causing, the consequence of an action, dominant buying motives, understand what do they gain if they were to move forward with your solution? What do they stand to lose if they don't? And then they're buying requirements. This is, do I understand the decision process? In other words, is there mechanisms in my sales process to help me acquire an understanding of how my buyers will make a decision? In other words, who are the decision makers? Who are the influencers? How is buying achieved? And equally important, do I understand their decision criteria? And do they understand their decision criteria? In other words, what are the product or service parameters? What do they need in a solution? Are they aware of that? What's their time frame? What about financing? Do we have to look for budget? Is there funding? Again, knowing all that is mission critical. Those are all under those primary buying motivators. And then the final thing I'll share that a good sales process has is it needs to have a little bit of flexibility. You want to play within the framework. So you want a strict framework for a sales process. In other words, if I hear a salesperson say, you know, David, every time I'll do something entirely different, depending on the client, boy, does that sound good, but the results it produces are terrible. You want a strict framework that you follow. However, beyond that, you want flexibility within the framework to customize it. Framework doesn't change the way you execute it, the way you maneuver. You want to be nimble within the framework, but the framework does not change. When the framework is loosey-goosey, I think that's the first time I've ever used that phrase, loosey-goosey, in this podcast. When it's loosey-goosey, then you're going to have problems. You want a strict framework with nimbleness within the parameters of the framework. When salespeople don't have a strict framework, problems always occur, and it lowers your sales results. You want a strict framework with flexibility within it to adapt to that unique buyer. When people say, well, I want to customize the sales process for me, all the time I hear this, that's always a problem. I don't want you to customize anything for you. Why? You're not the one buying, right? I know what you mean. You mean your personal preferences to say things the way you did at your previous job. I get it. Don't do it. You want to operate within the framework and then customize it for your buyer. In other words, help them see themselves in your sales process. Make it all about them, not you. Don't make it your own. Make it your buyer's. An effective sales process is buyer-centric, not seller-centric. So I am big on customizing the sales process, but only when you mean customizing it to the needs, priorities, and perspectives of your buyers. Not when salespeople say, I want to make it my own. Oh, please don't. Because over the years, that is always code for, I'm going to mess this up, David, or I'm going to limit my results. I'm just going to be frank with you all. We're all friends here. That's what it means. So you want to make it all about your buyer. Why? Because they're the ones that are doing the buying. 
We've covered a lot of ground here in rapid fire. Talked about a great sales process. The foundation is focused on buying, aligning it with how our brains form a buying decision. Don't have these generic sales processes like the old discover, present, recommend, confirm. Why? It's too nebulous. You want to get deep into it. What does all that mean? You want to have a strict step-by-step framework that gets into specifics. That allows you to get consistency and predictable results. And you want to focus on those six whys, heuristics, primary buying motivators, and customizing it to the needs of your buyer. If all this sounds challenging, that's because it is. When we talk about improving or creating a sales process, this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for someone who doesn't understand the sales. So if you say, boy, David, a lot of these ideas are brand new to me. I'm not familiar with this. Then you need to get educated so that you can improve your sales process, right? That's on you. And if you say, boy, I understand a lot of what you're saying. I'm familiar with these concepts like heuristics and the six whys. Awesome. Then that's the framework. That's the principles you use to apply it to your sales process. Because this is not a little issue. A good sales process predicts sales success and a poor sales process that makes you ineffective. So take this seriously. This is not an area you want to skimp. You want to make sure that your sales process is as strong as it can be. Why? It will predict your success and help you grow your sales. So give all this some thought, apply it, because this can be a game changer when you improve your sales process in the ways that we have discussed. So what are you waiting for? Get out there, buy this, and then go sell something. I'll see you next time.